welcome to the Living Ageless and Bold podcast. Each episode, I bring you amazing women who inspire, educate, and share their experiences and journeys along the way. So grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, find a cozy spot, and let's relax and have some fun hearing what can be accomplished after 55. Hey, everybody. Okay, today's super fun for me because I'm actually interviewing um, a good friend, which is always a great time on the podcast. Uh, Theta Blackwood is a fellow Hokie. If you guys have been listening, you know, diehard Virginia Tech fan. Uh, and we tailgate together all through football season. And I guess it's probably been, I don't know, five or seven years we've, we've gotten to be good friends. But Theta is a former Annie on Broadway. We're going to talk about that. Uh, absolutely a brilliant businesswoman who is constantly reinventing herself. She just reinvented again in her mid fifties and is just killing it. Like I'm just, it's just cool to watch. Like as I've, I've seen her from the business side. So we're going to have a lot of fun with her today. Welcome Theta. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to just visit with you. Yay. I know it's just, it's just like we're sitting at a tailgate, but no cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we always do the, these podcasts. We, it's the journey. You know, how did you get to where you are today? You didn't wake up at 56. I'm guessing we're about 55, 56, this incredibly successful businesswoman. So let's go back in time. Let's talk about Annie because yeah. that's just so cool. And we love telling people like, oh, she was Annie on Broadway. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's so bizarre, actually. I, I think back on it and, and I really believe that it all stems back to what my mom or how my mom raised me. And it's because she was told that she could be a teacher, a nurse or a secretary. And she was like, I don't want, she, she knew she did not want to raise me that way. So she told me, Tita, I, you can do anything that you want to do, be anybody that you want to be. And she told me that as a, at a very young age. And if you know anything a little bit about, um, you know, mindset, you, you learn a lot of your, um, your self or your subconscious before the ages of nine to 11. And so I just didn't think I couldn't do anything, honestly. And so when, uh, Annie came about, it was, it was kind of an odd thing. I, I was 10 years old. Um, I auditioned for a school play in the fourth grade, Oliver, I, I played Oliver because none of the little boys wanted to play Oliver. <laughs> um, they put my hair in a, under a cap and I played, I played that. And then I asked my mom, this is back in the newspaper days. I saw an ad for Little Miss Virginia Beach. So um, I asked my mom if I could audition. And she said, what are you going to do for, uh, for talent? And I said, well, I'm going to sing. And so I sang and I won. Okay. That prompted me to... Wait, don't just go over, I sang and I won. <laughs> so what is Little... Miss Virginia Beach, you're 10 years old. Right. You said it's not like the pageant stuff. So was it a talent show? Was it like, what was it? Uh, so we had to do talent, physical education. Like it was like a, a, a routine um, and an okay. interview or something like that. So I sang Who Will Buy from Oliver and I played this little ditty on the piano. I ended up winning. But what that did was it prompted me to do a lot of public appearances around Virginia Beach. And so, I mean, I, I did a pie and soupy sales face. I, you know, whole, the telethon <laughs> world, all the fun stuff. But what happened was a lot of the adults in the industry were saying, you know, to my mom, take her to New York, take her to New York. And I just said, take me to New York, mom. I didn't know what that meant. So we um, did a tape of my voice and an eight, eight by 10 glossy and sent it off to 12 children's agents. Within four days later, I heard from my agent who I had had. 
um, and she wanted me to come interview because she wanted to make sure this was my idea, not my mother's. Because of course, you know, the, oh. the stereotypical stage mother thing. So um, I went on. But I'm surprised they did that back then. Like I get it now because we know about that, but that actually makes me feel really good that, that they were worried about you. My agent ago. was, my agent definitely was. I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know that all of them were, but she was great. And um, she sent me on several auditions and I auditioned for three different Broadway shows. Annie was one of them and a Pepsi commercial. And I got the Pepsi commercial and Annie at the same time, but I had to choose because they were overlapping. But I, I was in the, uh, it was an open call. Uh, there were 250 little girls. They had actually selected the Annie for this particular, I was in, this was the third national tour. Um, so I was the only one out of the 250 little girls that Martin Sharnan asked to sing tomorrow. And I ended up with a full-time orphan role and Annie's understudy. So I did that for a year. Eight shows a week, by the way. This is before child labor laws. Uh, I was going to say, wait, how did that happen? Okay, that yeah, explains. Yeah. So were you homeschooling or your mom teaching you? How does that work? Yeah, we had a tutor that traveled with us and taught mm-hmm. all of us, you know, various grades. I was uh, seventh grade, the best grade to not be in school. Um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and um, and then after a year of touring, uh, I can't remember how many cities, I, 28 cities total. But um, anyway, and then I, uh, Martin Sharnan asked me to play Annie in the the first national tour. So I was just about ready to go home and be a normal kid. And then when Martin asked me to play Annie, I couldn't say no. How do you say no to that? Right. Especially if that's what you love. If that's, I always joke, uh, as you know, my son, Justin was a hockey player and he, somebody brought over size four hockey equipment when he was four years old and he's sleeping in it. And I remember my girlfriend, he's five. She's like, Christina, if that's his passion, you have to do it. So I would be cursing her at 5 a.m. in an elevator, you know, 10 states away as I'm taking my kid to a 6 a.m. hockey game. But that's that was your passion. That's great that you had that opportunity to to like really let it shine. Yeah. And what's crazy is, is that, you know, when I got off tour, I was going into ninth grade and I just wanted to be a normal kid for a while. And so I did do some commercials and some um, little films and things like that, but nothing big because um, I was in that awkward preteen era, you know, sort of age. And, uh, and then I, I got ready to go to college and my mom said, you've got to pick something to fall back on. Cause I, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be a full-time actress or whatever. And so I chose interior design, which is another creative outlet. Um, I guess you could say I'm quite creative. And, um, I became an interior designer, met my husband at Virginia tech and, um, and then went on to be, uh, a partner of an architecture firm in Raleigh, North Carolina and running their interior design department for corporate and healthcare. Okay. Which I did not know that about you. So mm-hmm. we don't always chit chat at the tailgate. I know. Um, but I want to go back for one second. Like when you got to, back to high school as a freshman, mm-hmm. was it cool that you had been on Broadway and touring as Annie or was it hard for you to then integrate back in because you missed the middle school years? Yeah. You know, that is a really good question because I learned a lesson very early on. Uh, people either, well, they treated me differently because they thought I was somebody or they thought that I thought I was somebody. So 
I learned that very early on and the, you know, you could really figure out who your true friends were. And I remember going to a high school reunion about 10 years out of, out of um, high school, I guess. And this woman came up to me and she goes, Oh, I thought you were going to be somebody. Wow. I am somebody. somebody. (laughs) (laughs) But like, was that the reason why you were my friend in high school? (laughs) It was wow isn't that bizarro so um reality check reality check and um but but that but that anything actually did prepare me for the transition into the industry that i'm in now which is so when my kids my when i had my son i wanted to stay home and Mm -hmm. i had my daughter and i was still at home but i was bored like the monotony of it. I loved being a single right. mom, but the monotony of it was um, a little bit too much for this driven woman, I guess. And so, um, no, we always say that on here too. There's, this is a no judgment zone, mm-hmm. whether you go gray or don't go gray, whether you stayed home with your kids or you chose to work, like yep. it's whatever's best for you. Yeah. And I was like you too. I had kids and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like I wasn't a good mom sitting home all day with my kids. It yeah. just, I was much, I served them much better having a, an outlet that I totally, could do both. Totally. And I served my kids much better knowing I had something for me because I, yes, I, was, exactly. I, was, I was serving me and I was fulfilling myself while I could fulfill them and, and help them. Yeah. So that, that's just my personality. But, but what happened was I ended up in an industry that I never planned to be in, but, um, it, it, happened. I found out about Southern Living Magazine starting an at-home division um, called Southern Living at Home, where you would do home parties and share, you know, different ideas for decorating, entertaining, all the things with Southern Living um, products. And I saw this and I said, Dave, I really want to do this. And, you know, he's like, go ahead. And I ended up building a multi-million dollar uh, business at Southern Living at Home. And I remember, and this was just doing home parties and you know, all this stuff. And it, oh, and I don't think we've had this conversation. I was about to do the same thing. Like literally all signed up for Southern Living at Home, exact same stories with my kids. And my next door neighbor said, don't do that. Let's open a retail shop, <laughs> which we did. So I, I which... You had, you were the smart one. Go do the home parties on your schedule. We opened a shop that was open seven days a week, like 10 to six. Yes. But there were two of us. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting model. Um, and yeah, I, I got to get out of the house. I got to wear normal, like dressier clothes than I would if I was being, you know, home with them. And it allowed me to talk to adults at that stage and age of my career um, but what would happen was, is I would go into these, um, conventions and people would be like, there's Theta Blackwood, there's Theta Blackwood. And that's how I felt when I was an Annie. And it was, it was, it was interesting. I was able to handle it much better as an adult, having gone through that, you know, as a kid, it was crazy because you had built up so fast. Cause when Southern living, you know, when they started, the opportunities were tremendous early on. Yeah. Um, but those, I, I love those home-based businesses. My um, dad's second wife, um, sister sold um, Princess, is it called Princess, Princess Anne Crystal? Princess, Princess House. House. And she was just like you. She's one of the top people. 
most, and Shay, you actually remind me of her. Like, I really liked her. She was really cool and just, but then her sister tried to get in. She'd been a flight attendant and you just can't, you know, if you get in like you did and then, and you just stay so successful in this space, like you're so good at it. Cause Southern living eventually went under, went out of business. Right. It did. And so what I thought was the magic, I thought the magic of this industry was getting in on the ground floor. And I did. And that did help me, no doubt about it. But it it was, I think the magic was getting in on the ground floor of a company that already had a national brand. Like because, Southern Living. Mm-hmm. And Everyone knew the magazine. Yeah. Correct. So my next two ventures were startups and they closed. I mean, one closed after six years, the other one um, after two and a half. And so while I still built successful businesses, um, those closed. So when the last company closed in uh, December, I did some research. Wait, let's let's <laughs> talk about that real quick before okay. we talk about your next one. Because okay. literally, we're because we know what you do. We're all so proud of you. You're kicking butt, and literally, you're on Facebook one morning, like, "Oh my god, I had no idea the company literally closed." So you guys imagine this: you're running a multi, you know, six figure, multi seven figure business, and you wake up and the lights are out and, but you just bounce right back. Like you just, that's what I think is so amazing about you. So talk, but that, I remember how upset you were because you love the product because yep. you believe in what you sell. Yep. So how did that feel when you woke up that morning? You're like, uh, now what? You know, um, I, I guess what's interesting about my path is that I have, I have successfully closed down a few companies and I just chose not to let it define me. Um, I had a team of women that know and trust me. And they were looking at me like, Dita, where are we going? What are we doing? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just gave, gave them the reassurance. I said, you guys just sit tight. <laughs> we're, I'm going <laughs> to figure this out by January. Like I, and I knew I would. I, I literally worked harder than I've ever worked this past December to interview 15 different companies and get different products to try to make sure that, that I, wherever I chose to align, not only would I believe in it, but I wanted it to have a good culture. I wanted it to have a good pay structure. I wanted it to have good products that I could be proud to represent. And I, um, I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to close. Right. So now you're a professional makeup artist. Like she's, she's done Annie interior design. Um, so, you know, selling home products, which aligns with that, but, but it is an amazing product and I've just been exposed to it. So, so talk about like why that excited you and you're, are you 55, 56, 56. 56. Okay. So, yeah. So it, starting. So I think this, yeah, I think what, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit in my in the path to sh- to share one yeah. other thing. So after my second company closed, I did some soul searching, and this was during the pandemic. Um, I was selling jewelry, and I told my husband, I said, I don't know if I can sell anything ever again. Like I just don't know if I can. And I told him, I said, the only way I would ever sell something again is I would need it to fill a need, solve a problem. Um, I didn't want to have to do, have to do home parties. I didn't want to have to have inventory, um, all those things. I really wanted it to help women. I had to do some soul searching to figure out like, 
why I do what I do. And it, it kind of goes back to my mom and serving people in their self-confidence. Um, what drives me is I know that my mom did not have self-confidence at some point in her life when she was a young woman. And um, she gave me all the confidence in the world. And I want to be able to give that gift to other women, even if it's later in life or whatever. So if you watch the path of me selling things, you know, it was selling home decor, but I was teaching people how to decorate and entertain more beautifully and have the confidence to do so. When people wore jewelry, it was like elevating their look and it made them feel like a little bit more special when they walked into the room. When I was in a hair business and people could walk into the room with a great hair day, you know how you feel when you get a, have a good hair day. And oh, good like, blowout or when yeah. you get your hair done. Yes. And you want to go on a date or something. But um, that is why I do what I do. So um, when I found this company, again, uh, it's creative. and But it, this is the funny story that sort of ties it all together. So when I was in New York City and I was uh, in Manhattan uh, practicing for to go on the road, they sent us to the Alcone store on 47th Street, I think it's 47th, um, to get a little pot of makeup to be smudges for our face for when we were <laughs> dirty little yeah. orphans, right? Yeah. And I had, I had not thought about that in years, absolutely years. Fast forward to... Uh, when I launched the jewelry, I actually met the founder of the Alcone store. And the, at the time they were, they were launching Alcone at home. Everybody wanted to be something at home. It was jockey at mine life at home, all the things, uh, or Alcone at home. And, um, it turned out that they started this company about 10 years ago. Uh, again, when I got to, uh, sort of learn about Lime Life by Alcone. Again, it was through a friend of mine who was a customer of mine. And she's the number one beauty guide um, in the country. She's the very first one. And the company is just amazing. It's a family-owned company. Uh, it serves the professional makeup artists uh, community, and it has been for 75 years. Um, it is. It was specifically sort of formulated because the founder said, well, why can't we get this amazing makeup in the hands of everyday women? And that's how the company sort of started. But then they partnered with L'Occitane Group um, out of Paris. And then they were able to grow more an international brand and, uh, and bring on all natural skincare as well. So the company is set up with the best systems, the best product, the best. I mean, it's honestly, it's the I'm happier here than I've ever been. But, um, but I did have to reinvent myself. And I, I did go get certified in makeup artistry. Um, with a pro celebrity makeup artist, because I am like, this is going to be my legacy company. And, you know, when I joined here, um, Michelle Gay is the founder. She literally said to me, Theta, you're safe here. And I was just, I just was so, so like, I wanted to cry. So this industry is so great for women, our age, like the reinvention um, and, you know, back in the day, the Southern living as like the stay at home moms, it was this mm -hmm. perfect. I have a lot of girlfriends who sold cabbie clothes. Yep. And my one friend, same thing was like you in cabbie. Uh, so it's such a great, but there's a lot of myths to it, you know, like, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. Uh, so, so talk about if there's, you know, somebody listening or watching and they're like, oh, this is kind of intriguing to me that I could do this kind of on my own schedule. and. 
oh, I love makeup or, you know, whatever that, that product line is, you know, how does it work? You know, like for somebody who has no idea, you know, maybe they've bought Tupperware at some point in their life, but don't understand <laughs> the concept of, yeah. of direct sales. It's, um, it's honestly, I think it is the best, like, career move for women who want to have a business in a box that they don't want to have to do all of the, the marketing, the packaging, the, you know, I, and I, I do get to sell an amazing product, but I don't have, we are given all the marketing assets, although we can personalize them. We are given like the perfect products that have been researched and we don't have to deal with supply chain. We just get to work and and build our own brand. And when I say that, you do have to build a brand. And I can see, well, first of all, what's interesting is, and in, in our company, we call it the primetime women. There's a really big uptick in primetime women, women over 50, joining businesses like this because they finally have time for themselves. Yeah. They finally have time. Yeah. And they don't want to, um, have, I mean, they want the flexibility. They want to work when they want to work. Um, and yes, you can build a business here. You, you buy a starter kit basically in every business that you join. There's usually right. like a very minimum. And if you choose it well, it's a minimal startup cost um, because you really do not want to be in debt and you don't want to have inventory. But um, you want to be profitable right out of the gate. And you can do that in these businesses and it builds your confidence to learn more and you learn more about people. And really, it's all about serving women, uh, serving women where, where I feel like I can make somebody feel and look more beautiful with the skincare or the makeup. But I also help women become more confident in their businesses that they start. So um, for me, it, it just sort of ties back into women's confidence. Well, I bet you're such a great team leader. And, and I have to say, in terms of the product, I had my makeover last week and with a friend of ours, mutual friend, but we were like, wow, this is great. <laughs> so it's, it is a good product. Uh, and that's really important to know too, is somebody like you, who's done this for so long, who is a great team leader, because if somebody has been home with their kids and all of a sudden they're an empty nester and like you said, it's a confidence thing. Like, oh, can I really go do that? Like, do I, is it, how, am I going to be good? Like, I have no skills. I haven't, you know, and I've gone through this with my friends who are, you know, what's next? Right. Uh, I, and so I, that's why the I think good company, a good leader. Good. Yeah. And I think it's really important to give women that confidence to try. There's no risk. Okay. Unlike what, what you did is, is you know, opening up a, a boutique. There's literally, <laughs> it's very risky, very risky. There's no risk here. The worst, the worst thing that could happen is, is that you get a discount on the products, whatever, whatever business you decide right. to try. The best thing that could happen is that you make some money or make a lot of money and make a lot of friends. And what I think that's happening in the over 50, uh, market here is that when we're empty nesting, we lose a lot of our friends to they're downsizing, they're moving, they're moving where their kids are. Yeah. But what happens here is you not only get a business, but you get a community and it's a community of women, unlike corporate America, that is like, and I'll say so supportive, meaning if I see somebody else succeeding, I'm not jealous. I'm like, go you like, this is right. awesome. That means 
that you get to watch somebody break the little glass ceiling or watch them succeed, um, whether it's baby steps or big steps. And um, it's really just really good for, I, I would say, the primetime woman. I, lo- I haven't heard primetime woman yet. Isn't I'm that like, great? Oh, yeah, we might call this episode the primetime woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's say somebody wanted to get involved in something like this. Yeah. Um, again, you do makeup, skincare. I did just use the eye cream and you did say two days. And I do have to say, I'm seeing a little difference. So that's good. Yeah. I hope you took uh, the before and after so you can see it. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it is good to have something that you love. And what women, women doesn't love good skincare and good yeah. makeup. I think, uh, I think but, what's great about this is that, you know, for, for our business anyway, you join for $39 and you get a backstage pass. And from that, you get an opportunity to get a discount on your products. Um, you get free training, you know, and you get to go as fast or as slow as you want to go. So it, wait, you said $39. Yes. $39. Okay. Because okay, even are- Southern living back in the day, I think was like two or $300. Now you got the stuff you know, you, that you could use in your house, like I'm sure here, but that's, it's wow. so affordable. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it is incredibly affordable to start a business. And, um, for that $39, you are getting all the support, all the training, everything that you need, um, to grow a successful business. And the, really the only thing standing in your way between, you know, a, successful business and not is, is getting out of your own way and getting out of your own fear. And I see fear, um, fear of failure, stopping people. Um, but that's something I love to work through with women because it it could be fear of just putting yourself out there because, um, maybe you have been pouring into your family for many, many years and you were afraid to shine the light on yourself again. Right. That's very hard for women to do. I, I do that all the time in my business. I'm like, you have to be your own megaphone. I'm like, ah, I don't. I'm like, if you don't do it, somebody else is. So it's, but I do find these women that I interview, the the over 50, it is a, there's a newfound confidence in you're not as scared of failure as you were in your thirties. And it's like, well, I can give this a try. And if it doesn't work, I'll try something else. Right. Um, and much more purpose-driven. Like you're doing this. I mean, obviously you love the product, but you love to inspire women. I do. And and build, like I said, you are an incredible leader, an incredible team leader to build these women. I don't want to say below you, but your team, you're, you know, that you're well, building them up and you're just so good at that. It's uh thank you. It's um we lock arms together and I'm I I love working with the women that I as a matter of fact, this is an, a kind of a neat story. There's a woman over 70 on our team who is finally having success in her business after years of trying different things and she is just blossoming. And that is just such a joy to watch. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. It's never too late. I just met a woman who in her seventies started doing triathlons and could barely swim in her seventies. Amazing. I mean like full fledged triathlons. I was like, Oh my gosh, never too late. Um, so excited. So how do they find you? Like if somebody's interested in talking direct sales, this sounds appealing to them. And we don't usually, these aren't sales podcasts, but right. I just feel like for women our age, this is such an exciting possibility for them that 
a lot of people don't know about. Like I didn't know about your product until you told me about it. So I, you know, how do people find you and learn more about the well, company? And first of all, as far as uh, contacting me, I have research. I have so many connections. So if you're not into makeup and skincare, I have interviewed and talked to. I know people. So like, if, <laughs> yeah. If if it's something like that, but if you are interested, either way, if you're interested in what I sell and do versus, um, you know, wanting to just know and learn more about the industry. Um, you can Google Theta Blackwood and you will find me, but I am on Instagram at theta.blackwood and I'm also um, theta.blackwood at gmail.com. Very easy to, to, to reach me and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Of course. Um, okay. So before I get into the end of the questions, you got to sing a little Annie for us. Oh gosh, you didn't tell me. Uh, that. <laughs> you had to know I was going to do it. <laughs> Uh, Just a little bit. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. I, don't I love it. So I've been so hoarse. All that crud going around. No, I know. And I, like I said, I've been coughing. I have allergies, but that I just, I just love it. It's, it's so fun to have a friend who is Annie on Broadway. Um, okay. So we asked the same two questions, um, of all of our guests. What is the greatest thing you've accomplished since you turned 50? It's hmm. a good one. Greatest thing that I've accomplished since I've turned 50. I think it had, I mean, I think it really is having to restart this business again. I, I didn't think that, um, I would have it in me to do that again. Um, it, it takes the wind out of your sails when you have to restart, but, um, oh, but I can't have, imagine. Yeah. Um, but what else am I going to do? <laughs> my kids are launched. Um, my husband, I you know, I, we work from home, but, uh, it's, I think that is probably the best thing I've done since I've turned 50 is, is relaunch, restart and, um, do it successfully. Yeah. And that is seriously one of the biggest pivots I've seen. Cause we all felt so bad for you. Like when that happened, cause it was literally like that. And then two, three months later, look at you now, right back up on the top. So, um, resilience, very important. Yeah, resilience at our age. Is very important. Uh, <laughs> and then where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh my gosh. I don't see myself stopping in 10 years. Um, I mean, I, my, as far as the personal stuff, my kids are all launched. Everybody's happy. You know, I'm very, uh, content there. As far as work goes, I, I think that I would be bored if I wasn't working. I would be bored if I wasn't growing. I think that it's really important to keep learning new skills. And I've, I feel lucky that I've been able to keep up with technology um, and uh, just trends and all the things. Like it, it just keeps your brain fresh. And um, I hope to keep doing that. I have fun with, I, with what I do. I don't feel like I'm working a day. Isn't that awesome? Yep. That's a, they say that if, if you're loving what you do, it's not work. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Your story is amazing. And I know you can inspire a lot of women on these next chapters. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening or for watching this episode of Living Ageless and Bold. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. And if you like the episode, I hope that you will give us a great review. You can also head over to livingagelessandbold.com 
and sign up for information, inspiration, and exclusive opportunities for us, women over 55. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter what you do, keep living ageless and bold. Thank you.